It's time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener Tom brings us our quick, quick tip of the week with, instead of using people's real names to make calls, you can assign a related name and use it. For example, I use Siri, call mom, or Siri, call wife. The way to do this is to go into your phone's contacts and edit. There's a section where you can edit the contact that says add related name. This lets you pick a common name or add your own and then assign them to people. For instance, um, if you have two friends named Dave, you can have, hey, call Dave of the Mac Geek Gab and it'll call the right person. More tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek Gab 959-959 for Monday, December 12th, 2022. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your tips like that one, your questions and your cool stuff found. We take them all. We string them together into an agenda that has one guiding purpose, our prime directive, if you will. And that is that every single one of us, that means those of us that host the show along with all of you, we're all together in this, that each and every one of us learns at least five new things every single week when we get together sponsors for this episode include collide at k-o-l-i-d-e dot com slash m-g-g device security that uses slack to educate your users it's like mac geek gab for your device security at your company it's amazing because your users will learn five new things bb edit from barebone software i've got a few things i'll teach you when we talk about that a little later and linkedin.com slash mgg where you can go and post your first job for free like i said we'll talk more in depth about each of those in a little bit for now here in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton and here in trifle connecticut this is john f brown and here in lee new hampshire it's pilot pete good to be back guys that's good to, it's good to be it is good to be back i your um your your quick tip the opening quick tip you shared pete uh, I have I use the nickname field to accomplish the same thing. And like oh. like in and, and what's cool about that is in like in my phone or in my contacts, I should say, I have you as Pilot Pete. And what's cool is it shows me your name as Pilot Pete in like I have you in my pinned messages and it just says Pilot Pete right there. So I can say Siri, ah, okay. call Pilot Pete. I like I've I've changed uh, Lisa's nickname to favorite wife. And I th- look, the only reason I did that was because she told me that current wife was not acceptable anymore. So uh, I had to change it to favorite wife. Right. So although she introduces me at parties as her current husband. So like I didn't, I wasn't so, uh, I, I missed out on like why it's not okay for me to have current wife. good for that life. goose is not good for that gander. That is correct. <laughs> so she is favorite wife now and, and that yeah. seems to be tolerated. <laughs> yeah. I used that for years and for whatever reason it, it had stopped working. So when I got this quick tip from Tom in the mail, I said, oh, let's try that again. And I, I set it back up, which was great. And I related the story to him that I use for my wife. I use sandwich girl. She was a flight attendant and had a passenger caller that. Her big mistake was telling me 
and call <laughs> sign for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yes. I, I can, I can see where that was a, a, a huge faux pas. She's probably learned uh, since then to never share any of those sorts of things. Yeah. Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. That's right. Yeah. 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 Be careful because I mean, it's like, I suppose dealing with, with us is like dealing with children. They, they, they slash we remember all of the things they would, none of the important things, and all of the really important things to hold yeah, against like, you for years you know, to come. Like crash day or birthday or an anniversary. Not so much. No. But. Sandwich girl. <laughs> all you needed to do was hear it once. It's like having Hector at the house because we have Hector the bird. And yeah. uh, she, I suppose, is the Mac Geek Cab official mascot th- these days. Uh, it, because what else would she be? And, uh, and, you know, you can say all kinds of things to her and rarely does she repeat them. But you know, screech out one expletive or some annoying noise and it will be repeated for the rest of her natural life, uh, which she's probably got at least another 30 years left, maybe, you know? So, yeah. You can follow her exploits on Twitter at at Hector D bird B Y R D. So yes, she is Hector. And, and I guess, I guess she does identify as a male though, because she calls herself a good boy. With birds, uh, you don't find out the gender unless, A, you do a surgical test to see, or B, they lay an egg. And then, you know, so. Uh, yep. I don't know. Yeah, we've gone too far. John, uh, let's call yet another Audible. How's your keyboard? Oh, um, it's doing great. Okay, tell us what happened. <laughs> like what? Like well, as we ended right. our last show, our our yes. hero was stuck using his other computer because he couldn't get his keyboard to pair, and his other keyboard had potentially a bad battery. Where are we in our saga? Yes, that is that was the problem. So the battery died in this, and this keyboard. Um, and I found a video online which explained this to me. Um. It takes a, oh, what is it, SL? I think it's, you said it's an M2032 uh, or something battery? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, I'll link to your tweet about battery. the whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, it's a rechargeable button battery. Yeah. Yeah, let me. Uh, no, I'll let find me. your tweet about it. But t- can, t- tell us the story. All right. So here was the story. So the thing is, I also had a Magic Keyboard. And I tried to pair it to my Mac Mini, and I couldn't. It wouldn't see it. it okay. Well, what, I mean, what did you like? You just and, and you told us this I, I put it in the discover, show. I put it in discovery mode. Okay. Okay. And you do that by holding down the power button for like five seconds, and then the LED, okay. uh, the green LED, will blink twice, saying, "Hey, I'm in pairing mode." Right. But the my computer wouldn't reach out. It it didn't connect interesting john this was the same keyboard with a new battery no Um, no this was his apple magic keyboard yeah we should we should be very clear about this john has a logitech solar keyboard that's the one that the battery died in he has since replaced Mm -hmm. and it's back up online and running but the the interesting part came with app the apple magic keyboard which is the one he's talking about here that you were on even though you put the keyboard in pairing mode you couldn't get your mac in pairing mode now, right. Normally, and all the articles that I found said, "Oh, well, just go to settings, 
Bluetooth and and connect to it. It's like I can't log in because I don't have a keyboard. <laughs> oh, because your Mac. So is your Mac? Do you have File Vault installed or, or turned um, on? I think so. Okay, yeah. so your Mac does not. Your Mac requires you to log in essentially before it will boot up. <laughs> Right? No, I mean that's like I'm asking that question because that's what File Vault is. Is is like, mm. you know, you have to log in so that it can get the encryption key to decrypt the drive and actually boot up the OS. Is that so? You have File Vault on, and therefore you were not able to. Your Mac couldn't go into to Bluetooth pairing mm-hmm. mode because it it. Uh, interesting. Right. Okay. Here's how I solved that with the Magic Keyboard. Um. I have remote access enabled on my mini. So I logged in with another computer and then I was able to go to settings um, and pair it. Really? Okay. Wait, you got to confirm for me that you have remote access and get the password in. That's interesting. Yeah, but hang on. You got to confirm for me that you have file vault turned on, on that computer. Uh, Please check that Um, because that doesn't, I didn't think remote access was on at the file vault authentication screen. So maybe this isn't a file vault thing. All right. Security and privacy. File vault is. uh, File vault is turned off. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. So your remote. So this is strange though, because I thought that a Mac with a keyboard without a keyboard connected would go into Bluetooth pairing mode at the login screen automatically. That's what I thought. And you you unplugged the USB dongle, right, from your other keyboard. Yes. And that still didn't do it. Interesting. Right. Huh? Well, good thing, A, good thing you didn't have File Vault, and B, good thing you did have remote access turned on. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So that so that worked. So I, I was using that keyboard, but, you know, it's kind of a small keyboard compared to the uh, Logitech. But, um, yeah, so it's an ML2032 uh replacement battery yeah is what this takes yeah it's kind of funny though because once you uh there's like a little battery shelf that you can you know pull out and it's funny because they have a sticker on one side of the battery saying do not replace (laughs) oh i don't know why they say that well maybe they don't want you to replace the sticker on the battery john yeah (laughs) that's all that's like um when my dad was was a kid or you know a teenager or whatever he worked in the tie a, a tie factory down in Norwalk, Connecticut. It's not there anymore, and uh, they made the ties there. But they bought labels from France, and the labels uh, correctly said "Made in France." And so they would take these labels that said "Made in France" and they would sew them onto their ties in Norwalk, Connecticut, and sell these ties. People may or may not have believed that the ties were uh, made in France. I believe consumer protection laws have evolved since then. <laughs> In fact, I know they have, but uh, but maybe they just didn't want you to take off the label, right? Don't remove, uh, don't replace this. They they just meant the label. So leave that label safely on the dead battery and replace the the uh, the battery with another one that maybe doesn't have that label. Yeah. So um, so I'm up and running again. I did order another one in a different color. So I do have now a spare keyboard. Okay. <laughs> Did you have to turn on Bluetooth in system preferences? Let me ask this a different way. Was Bluetooth turned off on your Mac? And maybe that's why it didn't go into pairing. It was on. Interesting. Yeah, because it should have gone into pairing mode 
That's, mm-hmm. um, well, as we've learned over the years, there are edge cases and John F. Braun, you are the king of finding them. Mm-mm-mm. It's part of what we love about you. <laughs> it's funny though, because, uh, the other articles that I found also said, oh, well, you can also plug into the USB on the USB port on the keyboard or the lightning port on the keyboard. Yeah. Well, no, because um, this is like first generation keyboard. It was from my mom's old machine. Oh. So this this magic keyboard does not have any other option to connect to it other than Bluetooth. Right. I forgot about that. Of course. Yeah. Cause like when my trackpad, I have the magic trackpad, some ver actually I have several versions of it, but the, the, they all have a lightning connector so that when their battery dies, I just plug it in and then in, it a starts charging it, of course, but B it just connects wired. And in fact, when I unplug the lightning cable days later, when I finally remember to do that, it then puts up a, a message on the screen saying that it reconnected it because it did it, you know, it disconnected over lightning and then reconnected over Bluetooth. Yeah. Interesting. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, well, we have, we have all kinds of stuff to talk about today. Let's, um, let, let's, let's, let's do, let's do some cool stuff found. We'll, we'll have more on Bluetooth later in the episode for, for those of you interested First up on Cool Stuff Found, I believe, is Scott, Pete. Yeah? Yeah, uh, Scott. Sorry, Dave, you put me on the spot. Uh, well, it was it. on the agenda in the order. I'm fine. You know, the I'm one time I'm... Right and the agenda disappeared on me. The one time I'm following the agenda, I uh, I get caught. So there you go. Right. Don't, uh, don't uh, get caught, uh, folks. No, I think, I think I'm the one that got the... Uh, <laughs> caught here so it you know and, and here's why it, because it didn't work for me that's why so S- scott wrote hey look there's a hidden game in and he wrote in google chrome and so i'm looking for it all over in google chrome but i but the the picture that he sent didn't look right and i went and found there's also a google app oh. which is different from google chrome on the ios so go get the google app google chrome not not the Google. Yes, the Google app, or this is in yes, Google Chrome. Google app, not Google Chrome, the, no. the browser. Okay. Google app. Okay. And then you close all the tabs and let it sit for, you know, if you have any open tabs on it, close, close them all and be, be on the screen there with the tabs. And then colored shapes will start floating up from the bottom. If you swipe up on those shapes, you get a pinball game and you can mm-hmm. there and you get <sighs> That's cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. But when it came to me, it didn't work. I, I tried it. I tried it and it didn't work. And then I thought, well, the Google app, at least, at least now the screen looks like what the picture he sent in the email, but it still didn't work. And I went, eh. And I saw the email again the next morning and I opened the Google app and lo and behold, the colored shapes started floating up from the bottom. I swiped up and I was able to play pinball. Okay. Which okay. is too bad because I was actually hoping that I'd never get to do it because now it will be a colossal waste of my time <laughs> <laughs> playing pinball on my iPhone. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's important. Okay, so this is I, I got you now. So it's not in Chrome. This is in the the Google, the app just named Google. Google uh, app. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. I like I like hidden. Yeah, it's fun, I like Easter eggs. A little like hidden that. hidden yeah. gem in the here. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Sorry for getting caught. No, it's fine. It's what we do here. It's, it's how it works. Uh but see, we learn things, so it's fine. You want to take us to Mark, John? Yes, it's going to change my world. Um, uh, Mark says, I wanted to share the latest and, in my mind, transformative Apple Pencil replacement. 
Um, and it's the Magnetic Wireless Charging Banks Pen. Banks being the company that makes it. Banks, B-E-N-K-S, um, right? B-E-N-K-S. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a link to it. Okay. Um, it only costs $40 and does more than the current Apple Pencil 2. Um, normally, I do not consider myself to limit financially when I really like tech, but it was as if a bone in my body snapped when I lost my Apple Pencil and could not get myself to purchase a replacement for 120 bucks. Um, the $40 for the replacement I could do and I'm delighted with it. Now I am again using notability to write notes in. Huh? Um, and let me see. So is there a, a difference? Like what, what functionality difference does this have versus Apple's? I'm glad you asked. Um, he follows up saying the pen has a small circular lit display where the eraser would be. Click it once to go back to the home screen and click it twice to go to the app switcher. Huh. And the LED, I think, also shows the uh, charging level. So it definitely does more than the Apple one. Interesting. And, and I'll, I'll give you more feedback um, on this because I ordered one. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, though I, it was funny because I, when I went to the uh, website initially... Everything was in Chinese. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, did you find you found the English version, though? Because whatever whatever I've yeah. got on the screen here is is English. All right. Great. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah, but, find. But they sent me shipping information. And yeah, it shipped from China. Yeah. It's now in the U.S. It's it's coming. Yeah, sure. Oh, I see. Your 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 pencil is now in the U.S. Like the, mm-hmm. the one you mm-hmm. ordered. Ah, cool. yeah, I figured. Why not? Why For 40 not? bucks? I'll I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. Right. That's I'm not great. a big illustrator, but. You know why not? Everybody check out some of the capabilities of uh, and it, just, it and they list the ones that it's compatible with. It's sure. not compatible with all iPads, so right. If you're going to get it. Read read the description. Okay, probably too slow to and unless you order now, too slow to get here by Christmas for stocking stuffers. But at that price, that's a pretty good stocking stuffer. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. All right. Cool. I like it. Lawyer Jeff sends us a website that he found, which is. A list of awesome terminal commands, as titled by the website. It's uh, it's got no, it's got some. None of the cruddy ones are on there. Only the awesome ones. (laughs) But but like they're organized into categories like networking, security, system, media. So you know, if I want to go to the bonjour section of networking, which is a subsection of networking, they list the commands to. Uh, to, you know, turn on and off, like restarting MDNS responder and doing different things. Uh, I can clear the DNS, ca- DNS cache. Wow. That's an interesting one to say. DNS cache is what I want to say, but I, new lips, new lips, corrupts, correct, corrupts to corrupts. All right. That, that's how this show is going to go. Stop it, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but th- th- this is a handy resource to have. So we'll put a link in the show notes, of course, at MacGeekCab.com or more directly at MGG. Dot FM slash nine fifty nine that gets you right to the uh, the episode page because we did it that way. I apologize for a couple of days last week. Uh, MGG dot FM slash nine fifty eight did not go to Mac Geek nine fifty eight, but I fixed that, so it's all good. The next cool stuff found you all know that I am a huge fan and user of robot vacuums. Of, of all the tech, this is one of them that has instantly found its place in my home and uh 
and and been been life changing because it you know you can have the thing vacuum. Uh, I mean, we have it vacuum the the floors we don't sleep on at three in the morning, and we wake up every day to a freshly vacuumed house. And the new crop of home of robot vacuums uses lidar sensors and all kinds of smarts to do mapping, and really doesn't require the same amount of I'll call it training, but really it was like you know drawing and putting up like barriers to keep it from finding things that like they're so much better about just set it and forget it. And it, it figures it out for you. Nice. Uh, the latest one that I started using is the robo rock QF Q, sorry, robo rock Q five plus John, this answers a question that you had when I first told you <laughs> about robot vacuums. No, I've never had one with a self emptying dock, which essentially means that the vacuum has its own, compartment for the dust that it collects as it's driving around my my house uh and then the base for it uh, has its own much larger compartment that it empties itself into after uh it finishes cleaning and i when you first asked me you're like well if it doesn't empty itself uh, how useful is it and i found i mean the answer is well it's, it's fine i mean you're you know especially with the old ones again you know you were messing with it regularly enough because it would get stuck somewhere it was just like oh it's no big deal i'll just take it out I set up this RoboRock QF Q5 Plus uh, a week and a half ago, and maybe two weeks ago, and I hadn't thought about emptying or doing anything with it until I started prepping for the show. And I was like, right, I got to get it into my calendar to like remember to go and check this thing, or maybe it'll send me an alert if the if the storage thing gets oh, too full. Yeah. It probably would, but uh, – it's a it it like it just works. And this one I have on the floor of the top floor of the house, which is where we sleep. So I have it run at noon every day. It is so nice to come back from, you know, working or whatever I've been doing during the day and come into my bedroom and have a freshly vacuumed rug. For whatever reason, our bedroom, our bedrooms in general were the places that we vacuumed the least. And especially now that we've got, you know, the house getting the rest of the house getting vacuumed all the time that having this it's been it's been life changing really great stuff 479 on Amazon it's uh it, it's and the app you know works well it's you can schedule you can actually this one is is good for multiple floors not all of them are so uh you can uh you know you can have it'll figure you mean out multiple surfaces carpet wood I, both i mean both of those things i could take yes it's it it detects different surfaces and you can even i think by default it will ramp up its its engine if when it finds carpet and ramp it down when it finds other things or whatever you can change that but that's mm -hmm. the default but i mean i could take this and move it to a different floor of my house and it remembers different maps so it mm -hmm. will sort out oh wait i'm not on the top floor i'm on the middle floor or whatever and and yeah. you know go and like do its thing there too which is super handy uh if you don't want to have to have you know three of these things so yeah it's it's a i, I i'm really impressed with this thing so 479 on mm -hmm. on amazon let me ask you this of course um this is a, a question i think that everybody has with these what if how smart is it um to know not to um, say there's um, something large that okay. maybe an animal has left you a gift. How do you prevent no. it from the, the dog poop worse? problem? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it, they like 
the dog poop problem is a very specific thing that all of these vacuums are programmed uh, to identify and route around uh, for sure. Okay. The, the current crop of them will will avoid that. Our our dog is not so in the early days. <laughs> not so in the early days. Correct. Yeah, there were those. Yeah, the it, it would spread it all around for you. <laughs> oh yeah, it would. It would like talk about a a poop show, man. Like that was, <laughs> it it created one. The early ones yes. created them for you with their lidar sensors and everything. I mean, they're doing pattern matching and all of that stuff to be like, yeah, stay away from that. They also know to stay away. I've mentioned on this show that uh, our cats, especially one of them, little Pucky, he uh, he loves pipe cleaners and he found a stash of pipe cleaners in our house after he moved in years ago and he'll go get one and like play with it. And, and then of course he leaves it on the carpet. He doesn't put it away. And we've tried to talk to him about it. He's a good boy, but that's the one thing he won't do. And, uh, and so uh, a, like I would say maybe 50% of the time the vacuums can see that there's a pipe cleaner and routes around that. The other 50% of the time I have to pick up the vacuum and pull the pipe cleaner out of the, off the thing. It depends on whether it's bent up, you know, while sitting on the floor and, and has some height to it. Or if it's just, if it's a pipe cleaner flat on the floor, that's really hard for it to tell the difference between that and, and like the carpet. So, uh, but, but yeah, no, the, the dog poop thing, it, it routes around all kinds of stuff. It just, it, like I am, with all of this, the, like the current generation of LIDAR based robot vacuums, I am routinely pleasantly surprised to just come back to the house and find the thing back on its dock with the floor freshly vacuumed. It's like, wow, it just didn't, you know, didn't didn't get stuck somewhere. It didn't, you know, so, yeah, it's pretty good. While we're on the subject of vacuums, I did find another thing in my prep for CES that uh, that is in full force right now. And it's the Alper Seagull SE. It's a pool robot. So it is a cordless robot that goes and swims in your pool and uh, and cleans your pool for you. I, I don't have a pool, so I, I wasn't even aware that these things existed. But uh, but this one looked pretty cool. There's a video of it, and it just goes around and cleans all the surfaces underwater. Uh, you know, it does its does its whole thing, and then when the battery's low, it comes out and charges and comes back. So I just figured There's I'd share price on its website, Dave. Uh, there is a buy now link on the website, Pete. It's two forty nine ninety. Oh my god, that is amazing! Because I have a corded one for my pool, okay, which came in somewhere just shy of fifteen hundred. Oh, yeah. So these things are not cheap, and the comment I was going to make, re regardless, is if if you're considering installing a pool, don't do not do not pass go, do not spend two hundred dollars, do not get the self cleaning pool jets. Uh, they're a ripoff. They don't work. The springs jam. They don't turn. They they don't do what they're advertised to do. And supposedly they've gotten better over the years. My pool guy says, "Crap." Don't do it. Don't buy it. It's not worth it. And so about four years ago, I bought myself a pool robot to yeah. go around. But it's a corded one, and it goes around. And it it has made my pool cleaner in the last four years than at any time since it was newly installed. So those things, that's a great price. Uh, I, I think I may get that and keep it in there most of the summer. Because the other one I have to haul in and haul out. Yeah. Being a $1,500 piece of gear, it's not something I just leave out in the sun all summer. Right. Right. Well, if you order, uh, so we're recording this on the 9th. It's releasing as, as I'm sure most of you will realize on the 12th. 
but they also have a thirty dollar off coupon that's good through the fourteenth. So you so can two twenty two twenty two nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. A penny less than two twenty. So, yeah. yep. Good stuff. We've got questions. We've got more cool stuff found. We have all kinds of stuff. You know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You know, because you've been listening to the show for a while, that we use LinkedIn Jobs to find Sadie. She's been with us almost two years now has been doing a fantastic job really helping to expand what we're able to do here for all of you and for us. It's amazing. And we never would have found her without using LinkedIn jobs. It's super easy to get started too. You just create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs. Then you add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring from there. You use simple tools like these screening questions that make it super easy to focus down on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview. And then, of course, hire. You want to finish the year strong. The right team member can help you do that. And this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk with faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. That's linkedin.com slash MGG to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode. Next up is BB Edit from Barebone Software. You've been listening to the show for a while, as we just established. And that means you've heard me talk about how much I love BB Edit. It's open on all of my Macs all the time. It is the tool that I use to manipulate, massage, and learn about text. So, sure, I can use it for coding, and I do. But that's not the only reason. Now, I do like it for coding because it takes my code and presents it in a way that lets me see functions. It highlights things, but it doesn't change my code on the disk, unless, of course, I do the typing and make those changes myself. It just changes the display of things to make it easier to see while I'm coding. On top of that, though, if I want to compare two documents, man, there's nothing easier than doing that in BBEdit. And I can do it by opening the documents in the graphical interface of BBEdit, or I can use the BBEdit command line tools like BBDiff to do that for me. And then, boom, it opens them from the terminal in the beautiful BBEdit interface. I can do that. I can count the number of words in a document. I can do multi-file, find and replace. It's so powerful. You've got to check it out. Go to barebones.com to get your 30-day fully functional demo of the app. There's a fresh eval period for customers with versions pre-14. You get to check out everything. And then from there, you go and buy. It's amazing. Barebones.com and our thanks to Barebones for sponsoring this episode. And now I get to talk about our sponsor, Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT. You know what it is? Yeah, it's your end users. Old school device management tools like MDMs force these disruptive agents onto our employees' devices that slow performance and treat privacy as an afterthought. Collide 
has chosen to do things differently. It's pretty cool. Instead of forcing changes on your users, Collide notifies your team via Slack when their devices are insecure and then gives them step-by-step instructions on how to solve the problem. By doing this via friendly Slack messages and educating your users about company policies, Collide can help you build a culture in which everyone just naturally contributes to security because everyone understands how and why to do it. It's kind of like Mac Geek Gab for your business security, right? You want to learn five new things? Collide is teaching your users new things about how your company secures its devices. And then for you folks who are IT admins, Collide provides a single dashboard that lets you monitor the security of your entire fleet. And it doesn't matter whether they're running Mac, Windows, or Linux. That visibility makes it easy to prove compliance to your auditors, your customers, and your leadership. Look, you can meet your compliance goals by putting your users first. Visit collide.com slash MGG to find out how. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MGG. And our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. All right. Back to Cool Stuff Found. Listener Alex uh brings us yet again to a fantastic piece of work by our uh, our friend Howard Oakley over at the Eclectic Light Company. And uh, this time it's about Spotlight and the whole MDS stores and MDS worker, uh, sorry, MD worker processes that often cause our Macs to become sluggish. I'm not going to go through Howard's entire article here it is linked from the show notes at macgeekab.com or mgg.fm slash 959 the uh but it's interesting he puts a diagram in there right at the top of the article that shows us the varying level of where spotlight lives and where problems can exist and it shows us that only the very surface of it the, the leftmost column in in howard's article are things that we get to see. The rest are sort of buried. And and he's got some tools, of course, and uh, to to help us find what's going on and see what's happening. And, and then, of course, some advice on how to fix some spotlight problems, too. But uh, highly recommend checking it out. Again, it's linked from our show notes. And, and just being aware of what's going on over there at, at the Eclectic Light Company is uh, a good thing. So thanks, Alex S. For that. Uh, thoughts on that before we... Before we move on from from either of you guys, no. All right. Um, if you, how do you bring it up here? What do you need me to bring up? No, if you bring up um, the search, the spotlight search. I'm trying to remember what the key combo is to do that. Command, command space. Command space. Ah. Yet another there it quick is. tip. Yep. Um. If if the um, machine is indexing, you should see a progress bar there. Just thought I'd mention that. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think. I think. And and Howard, I think he goes through some of that, but he's looking at some of the more sinister things because mm-hmm. if you if you look even without that progress bar, uh, some like sometimes my Mac is like when I wake up my laptop, I see MD Worker and MDS Store just crunching away and there's no progress bar or anything. It's not the initial indexing. It's the on the fly. I need to do stuff. And for some people that never ends. So, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Or good. if it, if it crashes or something, it may leave an extra behind. That's true. Up all your space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, 
I believe this also came from that. That came from a comment in discord that Alex S left at, of course, MacKeyCub.com slash discord. The next one also comes from discord this time from Andrew. I think it was from discord might've been Twitter. Andrew, the eight, the 8,764th. So it's good to know which Andrew you are. We appreciate that recommends these lightning adapter cables. So we've talked about various ways of dealing with the scenario where you have uh, a, you know, a USB C cable to plug into either a USB a port or a lightning port. This is USB C to lightning, but instead of it just being an adapter, which may not fit into your iPhone because you have a case on it, this is a short cable that has a male lightning port on one end and a female USB-C port on the other end. So you can link everything together, charge your iPhone USB-C if all you've got is a, a USB-C cable. So smart thing, probably they're not cheap. They're like 19 bucks on Amazon. Ooh. But yeah, but throwing one of these in your travel bag, I don't know about you, might be a good insurance policy to have to make sure you can Again, more it. stocking stuffers, you know, there I gotta you go, go get three or four of those i'll tell you it, what i did do this year was stocking stuffers for everybody i got usb a female to usb c male and vice versa usb c female to a male yeah. i got a bunch of those little adopters to clip on the end of the cords and then the other thing i found was the there's these little rubber loops that go around the cord and then the adopter so you don't so it stays with the cord. Oh, I know those what you're talking about. Available on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. So, just to, oh. so get those. So the, so those little adapters don't disappear on you. So All I right. got a bunch of those. You got to give in. us links to that, Pete, because we got to put those in the it. show notes. Jeez, you guys make things hard. No, we're making things <laughs> okay, easy for our listeners. For the listeners. You're hard on me because I'm trying to pay attention and find a link. Well, you know? <laughs> that's the thing. You could, you could give me the link after the fact. The show doesn't go up for a couple yeah, of days. I'll so. get it. All right. I'll so. get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listener Allison uh, shares with us a nice, inexpensive alternative to Apple's AirTag. And this is the Eufy Security Smart Track Link. Uh, as, as she continues about it, maybe it's better for the uh, which airport is my luggage in problem as opposed to where are my keys in the house. Oh, this is because it lacks precision finding. So it's like the other third party air tags that that lack the what is it the ultra wide ultra ultra wideband is that what it, bluetooth ultra wideband i thought that was just for cell phones i always get these terms confused man uh it is currently unavailable at amazon so everybody else has put this in their stockings but uh it it does exist maybe it's available at, at from uh from anchor slash ufi directly but yeah it was when i found it it was less expensive than apple's quite a bit less expensive so yeah that's good. I like seeing third-party things contributing to the find my ecosystem. While I certainly would never uh, break any embargoes or NDAs that I might or might not have, what I would say is I bet that there's going to be a lot, but I won't actually take that bet. Uh, but I would guess that there's going to be a lot of things at CES products that are integrating into directly into Apple's find my ecosystem. And I can't wait to go learn about them and tell you about them, which we'll be doing uh, early next month. Speaking of Yuffie, while we're here, I have, I, I mentioned that I was, uh, that I was more closely monitoring my weight recently with great success. And uh, I had the original Yuffie smart scale and started using the new Yuffie 
SmartScale P2 Pro. And it adds a, a bunch of different sensors to it, for sure. And, and I like that. The one, the best thing that it adds, or the, to me, the most important thing, is it adds Wi-Fi. And the reason I like this is because with the, with a, a blue, so it's Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, whereas the original Eufy scale was Bluetooth, smart scale was Bluetooth only. And the problem with Bluetooth only is that I had to have my phone, it, like my phone needed to be in the right mode. Now, sometimes the Eufy app would have launched in the background and even my asleep phone, like on my bedside table would be. Uh, ready to receive the sick Bluetooth signal from the scales. And then it, and then what's really nice is once Eufy receives, once the app receives that stuff from the scale, it can populate Apple health and do all the things that you want it to do with permission, of course. But, uh, but it, uh, it wouldn't always do that. So I would have to like go get my phone and either just type in my weight. I actually set up a Siri shortcut to do that so that I could just say my, my weight into the thing and it would populate Apple health. So there's another quick tip for you, but this one is Wi-Fi. And so it will, uh, if it doesn't, it's smart too, hence the term. If it doesn't see a Bluetooth signal, then it will do the Wi-Fi connection because Wi-Fi costs more energy. So it's battery powered. You don't want it to do that when it doesn't have to. But uh, but yeah, it it works well. And it, they've got measurements now in the app for uh, for pets even and a, and a procedure to, to weigh. So I was able to weigh Pucky. And I see that he weighs like just a little over 10 pounds. He's a little cat, but he's a good cat. And uh, and so, you know, you you weigh you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to measure the cat. And it says, which cat? You give it a name and then you weigh yourself and then you weigh the cat and it, it nets it out for you. I mean, it's just simple math, but still it's like it asks, is your pet uh, is your pet capable of standing on the scale by itself? It's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So, uh, but yeah, so it's a I I've been impressed with this thing. There's like I said, there's all kinds of new sensors and stuff in it to measure different other things about your um your 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 health and your body. And it, this one measures your your heart rate too when you stand on the scale. Um, in addition to all the other things. So yeah, it's a it's a nice upgrade. And Amazon right now has it for sixty five bucks. I think it list price is eighty. So your mileage may vary depending on when you listen and when you check. But good stuff. Thoughts on that before we uh, we move on? Nope. Guess not. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the next cool stuff. out there? <laughs> it is there. The, yeah. Is anybody out there? The next cool stuff found comes from listener Ben, and it's called Sling Studio. Um, we were talking recently about how uh, the Shoot app supports multiple iPhones as cameras. And Ben asked, are you familiar with Sling Studio, which is another approach to using multiple cameras on a video meeting or a live stream experience? And I had never heard of this before, but like this is really interesting to me because you it's it's its own ecosystem. It you bring in your like the the Sling Studio base station and some Sling Studio camera. So the hub, they call it. And then uh some sling cameras and it's this all in one it, you can link it to your you can you can link it to uh like they have the sling studio camera link which will link uh, presumably to your hdmi cameras but then also they have an iphone app so you can use your iphone for this but the nice part is it's all linking to this sling studio hub so you don't need to worry about like for example if i wanted to do a multi-cam shot of one of the bands that i'm in 
All I would need is this thing. I don't need to worry about the venue's ability to provide me with Wi-Fi or any of that stuff. You just, you know, and you can go HDMI into this thing or you use the Wi-Fi to the, with the Sling Studio camera link or just Wi-Fi to your iPhone to the Sling Studio app. So it, this is a cool thing if you're looking to do multicam, especially in a portable scenario. Uh, weddings would be one place to do it. Like I said, gigs with your, you know, like if you're trying to live stream with a band or something. So, yeah, I'm. Oh, that's awesome. I know. Up on a tripod over in the corner out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you're into that kind of thing, my friend Davis Thurston just came on uh, another podcast I do called Gig Gab for musicians. He cooked up this whole way of doing multicam streaming that is amazing and is worth checking out and and i'll put a link in the show notes to that episode too nice yep yep lastly but not leastly in our cool stuff found for today is the um easy quest ultimate plus dual hdmi usb-c 12 port hub with 100 watts of power delivery this thing you know it aims to do it all and it's really it's even built for M1 Max so that you can do the multiple video and it'll it'll take care of that for you. As I said, it's got uh, 100 watts of USB-C power delivery, gigabit Ethernet. There's four USB 3 ports on it. It's got an SD card and a micro SD card, uh, audio out. Did I say gigabit Ethernet? Because it has it. It's right yeah. there. Wow. Yeah. It's a. It's a. And it's a. It's a hub that's like a little bit smaller than a Mac mini. Uh, so, you know, it sits nicely on your desk and it's got, you know, USB-C in and out. So, yeah, it's a it's a pretty nice. cool. Yeah, pretty cool thing. So and how much is that? Uh, you know, it's not currently available at Amazon, so I don't oh. have it up <laughs> in front of me. But uh, I'm sure it is our friend Homer would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, there well, it is. All right. well, it is 170. If you go buy okay. it from uh, from EasyQuest, it is 170. So, right. and it, it looks like EasyQuest has a 10% coupon if you go to their website and wait. So, I will put that link in the show notes as well, and uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, I got something to give my wife as a birthday wish. <laughs> Does she need a new hub for all of her stuff for that? For moi. Oh, for, you. Oh, for your birthday. Right. Got it. <laughs> Here you yes. go, honey. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. No, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's helpful stuff. She didn't stuff like the first idea I gave her. I'm like, eh, okay. No, okay. Right. Not a new, another new airplane, Pete? No. Come on. Yeah. Well, there's that. So <laughs> actually, it was a pretty cool little, it was, it was like this uh, bartender thing. You push oh. the button and it gives you a Manhattan or a whiskey sour. It's like, oh. I, I, we've seen something like that, John. I remember at one of the Pepcoms, I think at last year's, or not last year's, maybe 2019 CES. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now that I've mentioned it, I guess I had to go through it. It's called Bartesian. Okay. Bartesian.com. So we'll put it in the show notes. All right. Um, uh, they aren't particularly cheap, but uh, looks really cool. Huh. Huh. You know, just saying that, you know. So anybody out there looking for a birthday gift for Pilot for Pete. Pilot Pete. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've seen this. Well, you already thing. got the link in. You're fast. Um, you know, it's kind of how I roll, man. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Oh, and I thought I had it up on on the screen for those watching the video. I do now. Yeah, this thing, I feel like we've seen this 
before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I definitely have seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. 30 second process and boom, there you go. It made, yeah. it, it'll make you an old fashioned. It won't make you old fashioned. It'll make you an old fashioned. And it's little capsules, right? That it comes with. Yeah. That, you know, those obviously cost extra. This is, this is not a cheap uh, right. proposition, right. but it is, it, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a luxury, but it looks like it makes really nice drinks. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Huh? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So, gives me ideas. Sorry, folks. Just show guests got more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cool Stuff Found is never the cheap segment on the show. No. Let's help people, shall we? Pete, do you want to help Erica unmute her husband? Um, yeah. So uh, there, there's no double standards here. You know, so if I were to write you guys and say, how do I mute my wife? I think I'd get in trouble. But yeah, 100%. Writes, how do I unmute my husband? <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine. She says, good morning, gentlemen. All right. There's some assumptions there that have been made. I'll skip past that. <laughs> so lately, I've been having issues with my iPhone 11 Pro Max with my messages on my husband's phone, which is an iPhone 8 that says my message is silent. I have not changed anything on my end. I've gone to the Apple store and the guy whips through the changes, settings or whatever so darn fast that I don't get to see what he did. I'm not even sure if it's my phone or even my husband's. We both have up-to-date iOSs, and I'm not sure what to do next. Um, so, first of all, yeah, that's frustrating when something like that happens because it would have been nice for the guy to go, and here's what I did so that if it's fixed, now you know how to fix it yourself next time or prevent it from happening in the first place. So, I, I share that frustration. Fish shake to the Apple genius on that one. Help out, guys. Show them what you're doing. Show them what you're Some doing. Some people need it. Yeah, yeah, we all need it. Um, like That's why we walk through all the things we do on this show is is – our goal is to make you, uh, you know, we, we say you don't have to be a nerd to listen or a geek to listen, whatever you want to say, but listen long enough and it'll happen. And yeah. that's our, so, that's our goal. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you'll bear with me, you know, what was her problem? I don't know. Whose right. phone was it? Even she doesn't know. So neither do I, but I had some thoughts that I put down in an email back to her. So bear with me as, as I read through it, I'll try not to sound like I'm reading so much, but, um, I, I, I had some thoughts that I think will help yeah, other people. So first, make sure you're not in a focus mode, like do not disturb or any other focus mode that inhibits notifications from messages. And to check this on your phone, uh, you can either go into the control center or go into the settings app. So on her phone, which is the, I think she said the 11 or the 12. Anyway, it's one of the newer ones, not the eight, which is what her husband has. Yep. You swipe down from the top right corner on your phone and it gets you into the control center and you can look for the do not disturb or some other focus mode that you're in. And if you're in do not disturb, it will likely inhibit message notifications uh, unless you specifically change that setting as you configured your focus mode. Uh, the other way is to go into settings and scroll down. I think it's about 12 from the top uh, in settings. Uh, go into the focus setting, and there you can edit each different focus mode and create new ones uh, to allow or inhibit notifications from specific people and applications. And I tell her that this is a really powerful feature that can be leveraged to stop or calls from both scammers and telemarketers. Uh, a little time with an iOS tutorial that you can find on Google anywhere can help you learn how to set up the focus mode. People, I urge you, if you haven't played with the focus mode on your phone, it is one of the most powerful and cool things that you can do to configure uh, your phone. Up. Now, oh, here's yeah. what I do. I have a focus mode called personal, which is where my phone spends most of its time. And it only allows calls and messages to come through if that caller or sender is in my contacts. So if you're not in my contacts and you call me, 
sorry, you're going to voicemail. Leave, leave a message and I'll get back to you and then I'll get you in my contacts. Oh, that's okay. Um, I, that's an inch. I, I was going to ask like how many focus modes do you use P and I realize I'm taking us down a, a, a yeah, rat yeah. hole here. Oh, but, no worries. But Let me look like, it up right now. I know how many, that. like I, I'm sure if you're like me, you've probably configured more than you actually use on a regular basis. So I'm just like, yes, th- this one, I, clearly you use it fairly regularly, but I never thought about, like, I like that idea of limiting it to like using a focus mode to limit it to just contacts that are getting through so that you right. have an easy way of switching out of that particular limitation. Yeah. Right. And, and generally speaking, if it's a, if it's a doctor's office that I haven't heard from before or something, then, then they're going to leave a message. If I'm expecting a call from somebody that I know in my contact, I'll take it out of the personal mode. Makes sense. So that, that it does come through but yeah so that i uh, counting them up right now I, it looks like i have seven focus modes do not disturb and that lets my family people only in my favorites list to come through so okay so you've they, even tweaked to do not disturb a little from, yes from it so that lets people in my favorites list get through on the first call okay and my mother's 96 years old if she wants to call me in the middle of the night i need i need to take the call so yeah. even in do not disturb, she'll get through. Um, I have a work mode, which I almost never use. I haven't even looked at it in a long time to figure out what's going on. Sleep mode, uh, I almost never use. I put it in do not disturb. Podcasting mode, I have. It lets nobody but through but you and Fig, the guy I do my other show with, and John yep. could text me in the podcasting mode. Uh, and then the driving mode, I just left in the default so that it notifies people, hey, um, I'm driving. If it's important, you know, call me. But otherwise, I'll get back to you when I st- I'll get the message when I stop, and then I'll call you. Got it. Write you back. So, so John, yeah. what what do you use focus modes yet, John? No. Okay. So uh, th- we need to get that so sound recorded. So for filtering calls out, um, I think it's called silent mode. So that's how I handle calls from people who are not in my contacts. Sure. The phone won't ring unless they're. Yeah. And I delete them from my incoming call list. I don't block them. I think we talked about this before. I don't block sure. the numbers because they're ever changing. The sure. Spammers. Sure. Like I keep yeah. getting calls to 203-984. I'm not giving don't. them all a number. Okay. That's it. But no, I get <laughs> numbers coming into me that are originating from the same prefix that my phone Got has. Got it. <laughs> yes. Right. That's a common like, tactic. It, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. So, John, when you say silent mode, are you just talking about the switch on the on the side of the phone? So that no, it's. It, uh, I think it's oh. in the cellular. Yeah, there, there. You can. I think it's in settings phone where you can say uh, mute silence unknown callers. So that yes. it go to uh, settings phone silence unknown callers is what John's talking about there. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it'll ring actually if your phone is unlocked though. Is I think if that's the. If that's my recollection. Of that I believe setting. that's correct. If you happen to be looking at your screen or playing a game or something like that, it's going to ring through. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't ignore calls from unknown callers. It just doesn't let them buzz your phone or mm-hmm. or 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 right. alert you. But but yeah. you'll see it uh, if, if you're on your phone. Yeah. OK, so yeah. I as far as focus mode, because I think this is an, this is interesting because I've certainly learned something yeah. from your focus modes, Pete. So I have I have lots that I've configured. Do not disturb is essentially on by its default, which is let nothing through. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. I have created a a mode that I call nuclear, which lets my family through. Uh, So that's like what sort of what your do not disturb is. I don't quite use my favorites because I I use my favorites differently. But 
I specifically yeah. let certain people through when I'm in nuclear mode. I have my podcasting okay. mode, which is the same as yours. I do use sleep mode automatically. Uh, I have it uh, set to to be on and off uh, in sleep mode. Mm-hmm. I I just found it nicer than using auto do not disturb at night because okay. I have different sleep schedules during the week and on the weekends. And so with sleep, I was able to set those in like the health or sleep settings on the phone yeah. and then the auto sleep mode follows it. Which and, I would love to be able to do, but as I travel across many time zones and yeah, it, it, fly nights and fly days, it just... Yeah, that would drive you crazy. Yeah. And the only other one that I use is the reading mode, which I think was a default that came from Apple. Oh. And I've set it to go automatically into reading mode when I launch the Kindle or the iBooks app or the books app. I guess it's not iBooks anymore uh, on any of my devices. So as soon as that is the frontmost app, I am in reading mode. It's still not as good as having a Kindle, a.k.a. a dedicated device that I can't choose to jump out of reading mode and go like look at my email or check social media. But it is better because in reading mode, I get no notifications from anyone. And so I don't recall that one, but uh, it's yeah, being a, an Apple one. Maybe but. it was one they they like walked me through setting up. It was it was okay. not my idea. I, I have yeah. a feeling Apple sort of told me about it somehow. But uh, okay. but yeah. So yeah. okay. All right. Well, let me continue back to on, back to Erica, please. Thank back you, to Erica. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. um, so to get to the control center on your husband's uh, iPhone eight go on the home screen and you swipe up from the bottom center, just above the home button. Okay. Uh, or as mentioned above, go into the settings app and then down into the focus mode. Um, and I noted the difference here. I happen to have an iPhone eight in the house, which is my son. So I was able to say, you know, if I send a message to my son and his phone is in do not disturb, I don't get an alert telling me that my note, that he has notification silence, but my wife has an iPhone 12 and if she has notification silence, it does tell me, hey, they have not- she has notification silence. Do you want to send it anyway? Do you want to alert her anyway? And so I don't know why the difference. Um, that difference but- would be uh, one of two things. Number one, that your son isn't on a new enough version of iOS to participate in that discussion. Right. More- yeah, and I, I, but I think he's on 16. I don't know. I'd have to look. More than likely, it's reason number two that he has gone in and told his phone not to share that status with people that he messages with. And Uh, I am trying to remember where you do that. And I can't. So maybe somebody in the chat will, uh, will, will share that with us and then we'll, we'll put that. uh, We'll we'll either share. Cause I I noted, I wanted to note that when I'm in the do not disturb mode on my phone my son does see the message that tells him i yeah. have notification silence and he's offered the option to notify anyway which pushes the message through to me if he accepts that uh so, so oh no 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 yes uh so if you go into settings focus all the way at the bottom is focus status and it okay. says when you give an app permission it can share that you have notifications silenced when using focus and uh apps that you allow yeah and so i can i've turned that's that's something you turn on but then i think you also have to turn that on in somewhere else i feel like it was somewhere else but we'll mm. we'll we'll get there if we don't share it in this episode it's coming in the next one or join discord at slash discord and we'll share it there too so yeah yeah um 
So, and then secondly, I wanted her to make sure that the phone that the receiving the messages isn't in the silent mode and or the ringer isn't turned all the way down. So that little, the little flip switch turns it from audible down to, to buzz only. And sure. then, uh, and then the volume is, has to also be up if it is in the audible mode. Um, and then lastly, uh, in the settings app, if you go to messages and make sure notifications are enabled, allow notifications should be toggled to the on position. And if that's off, you won't get notified when a new message comes in. So those are three things. I have to a fourth. For Erica and her, and her husband, and Dave has a fourth. John, do you have any, before I share my fourth, do you have anything to any ideas on why this might be happening for Erica or anyone else listening? So he's shaking his head. No, yeah. Nod more loudly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Please for the, so that the listeners, which is most of them can hear you. Um, We actually, I shared this in an episode, I don't know, a month and a half ago or something. I had exactly Erica's symptom with my daughter where she would text me and I would realize sometimes a day later that she had texted me. I'm like, why do I keep missing notifications from her? And the reason was I had her muted in messages. You can go in and mute a specific conversation. You can now mute it for, you know, an hour, 24 hours or forever. Right. Uh, I had her on forever mute and you do that. By tapping on going into messages, tapping on the person's name to get their like info thing and then choosing or not choosing the hide alerts option. And sure enough, I had hide alerts on for my daughter and I had no idea because I had no visual indication of this. When in a normal messages list, you will see a little, uh, you know, like bell with a slash through it for people that are muted. However, I have my daughter pinned to the top of messages on my devices. And there is no visual indication of having muted someone when they are in the pinned mode. So I had no idea that I had muted her. I don't know when it happened. I don't remember doing it. Um, It might've been like a, you know, a mistimed swipe of something. I don't know, but somehow I muted her and I had to go and unmute her. And it wouldn't surprise me if that is what happened to Erica, because she probably has her husband pinned. That's a pretty common thing to do with, you know, people you text often. And if she's muted him, then he's muted on all her devices. So there you go. All right. Well, that was a a long answer uh, with lots of tangents, which we love. Yeah, but uh, you know, she said in her email, she wasn't even sure if it was fixed or whose phone it was. So that left, that made it a nebulous question with a more nebulous answer. I like it. No, the nebulous answers are good. That's where, that's where the learning comes in. Yeah. So, uh, John, speaking of nebulous questions, you want to take us to Ben? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Ben says in 952, you discussed iPhone storage in response to Sarah's question about system data using a lot of space on her new iPhone 14. However, you never really answered her question and instead went down a rabbit hole about apps and storage associated with those apps. What? Um, We never would do anything like that. (laughs) Rabbit. Um, System data itself is a bit of a black hole, and I haven't found a clear answer about what's there or how to make this usage smaller. Even wiping and restoring the phone hasn't proven useful to me. However, I was going to reach out to you on behalf of a client who recently asked about it as well. Can you revisit this question? Sure. Um, what is system data, formerly called other? Why does it take up so much space on some devices? And is there any way to consolidate it? 
Um, all right. Well, the good news is I don't have this problem. No, I, I looked at my phone just to get a reference point, sure. and my system data is only six gigs out of two fifty six. Okay. So I don't know what I'm doing or not doing that that causes that. Um, and just to bring everybody along with us, settings, general, and then either iPhone storage or iPad storage to get this, right? Are we talking about it on the, on yes. the iPhone, right? Correct, not the yes. Mac. Okay, great. Yep. I just yeah, wanted so, to get everybody so you're right. That's where you go to see how much you're using. Yep. Um, and I, I found an article that has a few additional tips um, other than doing a restore, um, and they mostly have to do with messages and Safari, how you can... Um, purge uh, caches or other things that they're doing. Um, there's also some options you want to, you may want to suggest that uh, your client turns this on is that if you go on iPhone storage, it may give you some tips like um, things you can enable, like offload unused apps, auto delete old conversations and review large attachments. And we will link to that article. I would be very um, careful about each of those three things. Make sure you're choosing them intentionally. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they will do exactly as they are labeled. But mm -hmm. the one side effect I've found of offload unused apps is if there's an app that you only use occasionally, let's say, for example, when you're on an airplane, if it unloads that app because you don't use it frequently enough and then you get on an airplane where you don't have Wi-Fi or you do have Wi-Fi, but the plane's Wi-Fi system blocks the app store, which happens on some airlines. Now you don't have access to that app. The same uh, caution would would come with offloading, uh, you know, messages or whatever. Your messages are not backed up anywhere. So if you quote unquote offload, that's not offloading, that's deleting and removing forever the contents of those messages. And this is something I think Apple really needs to address. We need a way to, to store our message history that doesn't involve having 100% of it on all of our devices at all times. So yes, right. they're right that doing these things will free up storage, but at a cost, make sure you're aware of the cost. That's all I'm that's, that's, that's what I have to add. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Please continue, Mr. Braun. Um, I think that's about it. I'm okay. going to link to this article. But, um, I mean, the other things I could try, I mean, cycling power usually uh, may help it. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's one way we're doing a restart there there's a place you could do a, a restart on the phone that yeah. may clear things up it clears things up with with computers too like for example this machine i have it reboot um every wednesday at i think noon which was funny because we were doing a show uh, a couple of shows ago wednesday oh. it was on a wednesday and all of a sudden i get a notification on my screen saying I'm about, I'm going to restart in, in 60 seconds. Oh, that was when we recorded like, pre-Thanksgiving. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but you can't do that on your iPhone, right? There's no way to auto restart your iPhone, or your iPad. So that would be, you're right. Not that I know. Yeah, no, that would be one way. Um, I also recall the, a, a way of forcing the system to sort of do its, what I'll call garbage collection and which often involves, cleaning up the cruft that's in that, you know, system data category is to fill it with a movie. So download a large movie from, you know, your Mac 
to the the phone or even start downloading a large movie. And you can even do this from the iTunes or the Apple music movie store, whatever we call that. Now, I don't even know what these names are. Apple changes them so often, but you know what I mean? As soon as you start downloading something that is larger than the storage you have left, it's amazing. The garbage collection that iOS and iPad OS will do to make room for this thing that you should have room for to begin with. So uh, that I haven't used that trick in a while, but I know that that trick has worked in the past, just going and downloading something from the store that's massive. Uh, you don't have to finish the download. Just let it like start the process, and it's going to be like, whoa, I got to clean out this. Nice. Stuff. I've been lazy here. Let me get on that, and it'll get on that. So that's that's Do you think doing that for preservation of the SSD, you know, it's not writing, overwriting garbage files. Because it doesn't need them to yet, or well, it's not overwriting anything. It's just marking those sectors as so. Yeah, yeah this isn't SSD preservation, like because there's no writing happening. It's just let's let's mark this uh, this space as potentially writable. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know I don't know what the yeah it's kind of frustrating because yeah uh, if you if you click on the other system data. Um, or system data category. It says system data includes caches, logs, and resources currently in use by system. The value will fluctuate according to system needs. Right. Like that. Yeah. 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 Thanks yeah. for that. U useful. <laughs> useful. <laughs> yes. Very, very useful message. Uh, we've got a little bit of time. We, we promised that we would circle back to the Bluetooth thing that we talked about at the top of the show. Pete, you want to take us to Gary? Sure. Uh, I can, I can do that. Gary writes, stupid. That's exactly how I felt when I used my Bluetooth magic mouse to turn off Bluetooth on my iMac. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, hold, hang on. Hang on. Here it is. No. Yeah. Don't do that, Gary. <laughs> I was trying to pair a set of uh, headphones, and they weren't showing up. So I thought, hey, turn it off, then back on. Cycle it, right? Yeah. Uh, age old fix. Nope. Since I had to dig out of a box, a wired mouse that I wasn't certain would work. Well, it did, but what an error on my part, please. Nobody do this. So, so on a hunch, I, I went and did it. <laughs> okay. Because I could. So, um, but, but just to prove a theory and I, I probably should have had a wired mouse ahead of time just in case, but, uh, what I did is I went and I used the mouse and I turned off Bluetooth on the iMac and off it went and nothing could, nothing worked. Yeah. So I just held down the power key until it went off and then powered it back up and it came back up and it paired up and it was good to go. Ah, so even though so you had turned is, Bluetooth off. It, I had turned it off. The default is to turn it on when it powers up because it needed to, you know, get the Bluetooth keyboard to log in and the Bluetooth mouse yeah. and that sort of thing. And then it occurred to me, okay, you know, good good thing you kicked the horse out of the barn and then shut the door. Probably should have made sure beforehand, and I did have it enabled to be able to SSH into that computer and oh, yeah. and and restart it. <laughs> Else I'd have, you know, I don't know, been humping over to the Apple store <laughs> to find a wired uh yeah, yeah. Find a wired mouse and or a keyboard to get the machine back up and running. And oh, by the way, it was my wife's machine, not mine. Oh. So <laughs> I, I recommend keeping a wired keyboard 
in your home somewhere. And, sure. and uh, Pete, you live close enough to me and you know how to get into my office. There is almost always one sitting collecting dust on the desk right by my office door. So yeah. if you ever need it, feel free, come by and grab it. Yep. Uh, I did while you were talking about this, though, thinking about Gary's need to, you know, power cycle, if you will, the Bluetooth uh, on his Mac. I looked at Jeff's list or the list that Jeff sent us. Jeff didn't lawyer. Jeff didn't create it of awesome terminal commands. And yes, there is sudo kill all dash hup. And that's the key one. uh, Bluetooth D that will restart it. And uh, and in theory, that would uh, that would bring it back around. So I will put that command in the show notes right there. And we'll uh, we'll, you know, we'll do that. I, I we're 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 getting towards the end. We we found many tangential things, um, yeah. but I I wanted to I wanted to share something that caught my ear. I was watching the uh, CES did this thing called the media preview, uh, which is which a, a a canned Zoom presentation last week, I guess. Uh, just, you know, sort of preparing us for the things that we might see, the big trends and the things we might see at CES. And, of course, they were telling us how, uh, you know, they expect there to be a, a great deal of attendance this year because that hasn't that didn't happen last year and it didn't happen at all the prior year. So, uh, but Gary Shapiro, the head of CES or whatever, said in talking about getting together Instead of like in a spot where I would normally expect someone to say, we need that in-person experience, he said, and he was communicating that we need that in-person experience. But the language he chose said something really interesting. This isn't tinfoil hat moment about CES uh, or anything. It said something interesting about where we might be going, especially with AR and VR and things like that down the road. Instead of saying we need that in-person experience, he said, we need that five cents experience. And as Mm. soon as he said it, yeah, I was like, wait, what did you just say? Like, that's a weird because because if you rewind, let's say 50 years, right, uh, saying we need that five cents experience communicates we need to be in person. But with where technology is heading, it's not there right now. But where technology is heading, there's a world where we could get that five sense experience without being in the same physical location with one another. Smell a vision. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> like yeah. you, you know, so I, it was just an, I don't know, like it was an interesting thing when uh, when I heard him say that. I don't, I don't know. Like, does it yeah. thoughts? Like, well, at least three of the five senses, right? I mean, sight, sound. Maybe maybe some touch, which augmented reality would would provide. I don't know that smell and taste is, yeah, that essential. But. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think smell is more important to us than yeah. we give it credit. Well, there are good smells and bad smells, so I can do without the bad ones, right? But uh, yeah, but yeah, and you're right. Yeah, people, yeah, that's, I, that's big. There are, there are, where, where did I, where was I the other day where I walked in and I said, yep, it smells like a something. It must've been somewhere in New York. Uh, and maybe it was just walking out on the street in New York. Like this, well, no, the streets of New York smell like the streets of New York. And you get like, I mean, all the city smells of, of like, you know, the various infrastructure, but also at this time of year, 
the smell of roasting chestnuts, right, happens on the street of New York. The the smell of, you know, a, a Sabret hot dog uh, cart, right? Like those things are part of that experience. And you don't necessarily like smell is a really strong sense in that it has the ability to to conjure memories and, and relate things in ways that that you know, sight doesn't necessarily uh, do. I mean, obviously we use sight in different ways, but I don't know. Smell creates an environment for our brains. And, um, and it's, you know, like right now it's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking about, I know I had that experience. I can't tell you where it was. And it's because I'm not having that smell. Right. Right. Like, so Next time you could, you could, you could be in downtown Portsmouth and get that and you'll go, Oh, that was just like in New York. Or, just like when I was in this certain place yeah. in New York and, yeah. and then yeah. my mind's eye would be visualizing that place in New York. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And obviously smell and taste are, are very interconnected. I don't know. I don't know. I'll add one other quick thing is that, you know, we do this video. Now we do the podcast via video. Sure. And, you know, I don't know, 10, did, did we remote in once audio only? Oh, we were in audio. always in video. No, but did we ever do the show? Well, no, that's true. With John, for years, when I was coming over to your studio to do it, we didn't have John on video. No, it was, it was just audio. audio. It was just Skype. And I think, yeah. Yeah. And, and I had somebody uh, talk to me about the, the show that I'm doing. So there I was. We recorded on Zoom with video and it's like, oh, it's so much better to see the person's face or to see them laughing or to have them, you know, tilt their head and go, what? Oh, okay. It communicates so much more without words. Yeah. Kind of like John nodding. No. (laughs) (laughs) Emphatically. But now nodding. Yeah. 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 So it's like, oh, okay. There's communication going on there that the benefit of being able to see the person is so much more important than we give it credit for if you don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just found it interesting. I, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to CES. Uh, I mean, it's the last time I, we were there was early 2020. We did we wound up bailing out at the last minute last year, like most uh, other folks did yeah. too. So I'm I'm eager to get back there. Yeah, for sure. I'm eager to go for the first time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, I don't know. Thoughts on any of this, John? Before we the smell uh, of pine needles reminds me of summer camp. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to go to summer camp up, uh, actually, up in in your state. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camp Calumet. Yeah. See, like now you think of the smell, the song comes into your head. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. No, it's like it's it's really it's it. The five sense experience creates an an like a a scar. I, I don't I don't mean a scar of like a painful scar, but it it creates a memory. That, that gets embedded into us. And the more senses we have as part of that experience, the more that memory is likely to stick. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. Will we be able to create that um, without? And like you said, we're already doing some level of that. Uh, we can no, see Zuck's each other. Zuck's going to give it a shot, right? What's that, John? Zuck's going to give it a shot. Yeah. He's working on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're already doing it at some level. I mean, with the, the, the Quest, it's a great device, uh, especially for games. Uh, you know, will there be a killer social app for it? I think so. Will it be Facebook? Quite frankly, I say probably because 
you know, it's not Apple's not going to create a social network. Like I would I would be shocked if Apple creates a successful social network They're, It's not who they are. I think they might create a great AR augmented reality device. Um, but I don't think the so I think the social network is the most likely killer app to get widespread adoption. And I don't see Apple being the ones that create that. But I, I do see Zuck being the one that creates it for better and for worse. Yeah, I read somewhere someone at Apple, I think, made a comment that they don't believe that autonomous vehicle technology is quite there to go. But for that's totally different. That's a whole different conversation than than augmented reality. (laughs) Yeah, but um, interesting that they would say that. I mean, it it is literally already happening, but, you know, okay, like (laughs) people create their own realities. Um, while ignoring others' realities. So, sure. But um, speaking of that, yeah, Apple's, I guess the the name of their AR slash VR operating system is likely to be XROS, Extended Reality Operating System, which is interesting. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. My son was graping the other day the... Uh What's it called? It's not the Quest, the, the virtual headset. Is it the Quest? I think you're talking about the Quest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He, he got one a couple years ago for Christmas, but now I, I guess you have to update it and be part of a Facebook page that. Yes. To, in order to use it, to keep using it. Correct. Which I thought, well, that's kind of silly. You know, he had some games in there, some things he was doing, and now now you have to have a Facebook page in order to keep using it. It's I'm a, like, that's crappy. It's a Sorry. Facebook device, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Now he's so my son now has Facebook. Right. Right. That well that's what and see that tells me that social media will be the killer app for these things. Like if people are yeah. willing to sign up for an account with a service that they otherwise load just to be able to use this like that there's something to that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, this sort of is like we baked some of the post-show conversation into the uh, into, into the, the show itself. Yeah. If you want to be a part of the post-show conversation, uh, you are welcome to uh, join us anytime we're recording live. We we put all of that out. Uh, you can join us at MacGeekUp.com slash Discord. Of course, MacGeekUp.com slash Calendar. Often, well, it always has the up-to-date stuff. Whether or not you'll be able to subscribe to it is... Up to the whims of Apple's servers, because their servers are kind of terrible for for that. So I'm going to see if we can cache it somewhere, because if we can cache that, uh, th- just cache the, you know, download the ICS and have you subscribe to that. That might, that would work. So maybe we can do that. I don't know. We'll see. And I don't seem to recall if you've mentioned our Twitter handle, Sinel. No, I haven't. Uh, what's your Twitter handle, Pete? At Pilot Pete. What's your Twitter handle, John? John F. Brown. I'm at Dave Hamilton. The show is at Mac Geek Cab. Uh, as Pete mentioned, his podcast, So There I Was. US. Our thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth that gets the show from us to you. Of course, thanks to all our sponsors. You can learn about all our sponsors at MacGeekCab.com slash sponsors. That also has a bunch of deals there that might come from companies that aren't still sponsors, but the deals are still active, so you can take advantage of them, even if they're not paying us. Might, not, might as well. Sponsors for this episode, of course, LinkedIn.com slash MGG, DBEdit from BareBones.com, 
collide.com slash MVD. Thank you so much for listening, folks. And um, John, is there an audible way that we can give people advice uh, that might be lasting until we get together next? Yes, there is. And the advice is don't get caught. Made up.